In the year 269 CE, a Christian bishop was arrested for continuing to evangelize in Roman territory, including cutting hearts out of parchment to give to persecuted Christians in order to remind them of God's love. Emperor Claudius II ordered him to renounce Christ, which he refused to do so, so he was taken outside the Flaminian Gate, where today's Piazza del Popolo is, where he was beaten with clubs and then decapitated. So goes one version of the story of the Christian saint known as Valentus, and whose feast day is today, February 14th, better known as St. Valentine's Day. Since the 19th century, this day has been associated with romantic love, and what is love but a feeling of strong attraction for another person, which seems like a perfect opportunity to talk about the topic for this episode of Conspiracy Clearinghouse, Magnets. Magnets. We use magnets all the time, though most of us don't know some of the subtleties of magnetic fields and the electromagnetic force. This lack of knowledge is the perfect opening for scam artists to sell unsuspecting folks all kinds of sham cures for illnesses and injuries, opening up a wild world of woo and pseudoscientific narratives. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast, Fatal, Fatal Attraction, Attraction. Magnet, Magnet Woo. woo. Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast, and if you like what we do, you can donate via our Buy Me a Coffee page. You can also review us, especially on IMDb. You leave the world behind and enter a large chamber, filled with boxes and crates as far as the eye can see. Welcome to The Conspiracy Clearinghouse. The podcast that takes a rather skeptical look at conspiracies and mysteries. Each episode will examine various conspiracy theories, most of which are not true, a few of which might be a little bit true, and even a couple that turned out, in fact, to be true. There are many boxes in the clearinghouse, and along the way, we'll look at some mysteries and hoaxes as well. We dare to look behind the curtain that's behind the curtain. I'm your host, Derek DeWitt. Welcome to the Conspiracy Clearinghouse. Come together as the first song on the 1969 album Abbey Road by the Beatles. All matter particles carry an electric charge, which comes about when electrons enter into various orbits around that particle. And these electrons interact to form an electric field. This electric field can be positive, negative, or neutral. A particle with a positive charge and one with a negative charge will be attracted to one another, but particles with the same charge will be repelled. When particles with an electric field move together, their fields form an electric current that flows with the movement of the particles. A magnetic field arises from this movement surrounding the electrical current. The electric field and the magnetic field can, in the right circumstances, reinforce and even sustain one another. This combined field is called an electromagnetic field, which causes electromagnetic energy waves to propagate. These waves are also known as radiation sometimes, since they radiate out from the fields. This radiation has different intensities depending on its frequency. 
Frequency is basically how long or short the waves are, and taken together, this range is called the electromagnetic spectrum. Going longer to shorter, you have radio waves, then microwaves, infrawaves, the visible light spectrum, what we humans can see, ultraviolet, x-rays, and then gamma rays, which are the shortest waves. The shorter a wave frequency is, the easier it is to pass between molecules and atoms, essentially passing through quote-unquote solid objects. But short waves have a hard time passing through a magnetic field. Fortunately for us, liquid metals of the Earth's core spin due to the planet's rotation, which creates moving electric currents, and so huge magnetic fields are generated that surround the planet, turning it into a massive geodynamo, essentially a really, really big electromagnet. These magnetic fields act as a shield around our planet, keeping out most of the harmful radiation bouncing around in space and enabling life to exist here on the surface. So, electricity and magnetism are really two expressions of the same phenomenon. But we used to think they were separate things. In 1820, Danish physicist Hans Christian Ørsted published a paper about something he'd discovered. When a magnetic compass was placed near a wire carrying an electric current, it would stop pointing at magnetic north and instead point towards the wire. Eighteen years earlier, Italian legal scholar Gian Domenico Romanosi had seen something similar. Magnetism, of course, had been noticed by humans for thousands of years, has had things like lightning and static electricity. We just didn't know what caused them. And then, around 600 BCE, the Greek philosopher Thales of Miletus discovered that amber, when rubbed with a cloth, acquired an electric charge and then could be used to pick up tiny, lightweight things like small bits of straw. Basically, static electricity is what he found. He also noticed that some rocks, like magnetite, did the same thing without first having to be rubbed, and this is magnetism. Fast forward to 1600 CE when English scientist William Gilbert was working on these same things when he coined the word electricus, which ultimately comes from the Greek word for amber, electron. James Clerk Maxwell published a treatise on electricity and magnetism in 1873, which outlined the main effects of various experiments he'd been conducting. In short, magnetic fields and electrical fields affect one another, generate one another, and behave like one another to such an extent that they're basically the same thing. And so electricity and magnetism could be combined into a new category, electromagnetism. Well, this is all very interesting and frankly should be enough for most people. But unfortunately, there are also a lot of people who are, let's not call them smart, but maybe we can call them cunning or predatory. People who gargle up that magnetism is somehow important and then try and spin a narrative that they can turn into products and treatments that don't do anything, but they can sell to gullible people. Enter the world of Magnet Woo. Diesel, Diesel and, and Dust, 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 a 1987 album by Australian rock group Midnight Oil. While people today aren't selling snake oil exactly, they have hit upon a surefire winner of an idea. Buy magnets, which cost very little, and then sell those same magnets to people who don't understand how magnets work or how the human body works or how anything else works. And you sell them for a lot more than you paid for them. There's a veritable cornucopia of crap to choose from, so let's just start randomly with magnetic water treatment. 
If you live in an area with hard water, did you know that you can soften that stuff up and also reduce limescale buildup simply by attaching magnets to your water pipes? Amazing! Why, you don't even need an electrical current to generate the magnetic fields because these you see are special permanent magnets. Now, in areas where the local water supply filters through limestone or gypsum or chalk, uh, lots of minerals dissolve into it, usually magnesium and calcium, and this is called hard water. Seawater, for example, is considered very hard because it has lots of dissolved salts in it. Now, is hard water a problem? Eh, not too much in domestic settings. Oh, soap might not lather up so much and you might get limescale buildup in your kettle or pots and around drains. But a little hard water, because it has minerals, might even be slightly healthy. But it could also eventually create a buildup in, say, your water heater, which would then require servicing more frequently. In industrial settings, however, hard water can be a big problem. So we've come up with a number of methods for softening water. You can try adding lime to it, strangely enough, or chelating agents like citric acid or substances that are sometimes found in shampoos and food preservatives. Adding what's called washing soda or sodium carbonate can also be effective. Distilling the water greatly reduces the mineral content, as can diluting it with rainwater. There are also more complicated methods that involve things like reverse osmosis and iron exchange resin or electrical devices that interact with the minerals in such a way that they no longer stick to surfaces. And of course, like many of us here in the Czech Republic, which has a huge amount of limestone under the ground, you might consider a charcoal filter system like a Brita filter. Or some say you can attach high-powered magnets to your pipes. After all, none other than the prestigious Lawrence Livermore Labs conducted a study into this in 1996. Now that is true, but what most companies pushing this magnetic treatment forget to tell you is that Livermore found no reduction in limescale formation at all just using magnets. You might as well tie a bunch of hot dogs to your water pipes. The effect would be the same. Now, a package of eight bar S classic jumbo francs costs $1.56 at Walmart, but a 15 millimeter water conditioning magnet made of neodymium costs almost $29 from first4magnets.com, and they have bigger magnets that go up as high as $124. And as the website says, they quote, work continuously for 20 years with no running costs or maintenance needed. Similar companies have similar prices and are similarly not effective at all. Gasoline prices getting you down? When at the pump prices creep up to $4 a gallon or more, people start to feel the pinch. Thankfully, you have relief. Attaching a neodymium rare earth magnet to your fuel line can help you out by, quote, splitting the hydrocarbon chain into smaller components with their subsequent ionization, which in turn leads to more complete combustion of gasoline or diesel fuel. This is according to the press info for Super Fuel Max, who makes just such magnets and also promises you will get fuel efficiency improvements between 10 and 22%. Man, that's a hell of a savings over time. Plus, you get improved engine life up to 30% and maybe as much as a 50% reduction in your carbon monoxide emissions. And these amazing magnets only cost around $30, which you'll make up very quickly with all the fuel savings. 
Now you have to find that fuel max verbiage on websites that aren't fuel maxes because they don't have a website anymore. They got nailed by the FTC in 2004 and settled the case for $4.2 million. They then changed their name to fuel mag and started selling the exact same magnets they were selling before, but at a higher price, around $140 each. That website then also went away. But there are plenty of companies out there that still have stocks of fuel max slash fuel mags, utterly useless magnets. So yeah, if you want to waste 30 or 40 bucks, feel free. Or if that money's burning a hole in your pocket, you can donate to this podcast using our Buy Me a Coffee page. Link in the episode notes. Or maybe you need a magnet for the fluid that you drink. Why not get a 10-ounce magnetic mug from Serenity 2000 for only $54.95 plus shipping? You see, ceramic magnets embedded between the porcelain inner layers and the outer stainless steel layers magnetizes any water-based fluid inside. This makes the liquid taste better, helps you regulate your pH levels by reducing acidity, actually increases your body's immune responses, and helps with digestion as well as your urinary and nervous systems. Wow. Of course, if that were true, then attaching a magnet to your water pipes would do the same thing, right? So, of course, this is a total crock of you-know-what. You cannot magnetize water. You can use magnets to induce a magnetic field that's something like 100,000 times weaker on the inside than the outside, but this would be temporary, and the moment any liquid left the mug, like when you take a drink, it would no longer be affected by the magnetic field, and so there would be no lasting effects. The magnets being used in mugs like this are so small, they cannot affect water density, they cannot affect acidity, which is determined by the density of hydrogen ions, and the pH of water has no effect on the body's ability to absorb it. That is the result of pH levels in the stomach and the intestines, not in the thing being consumed. And finally, no magnet can offer cellular hydration. But there are some mugs that retail for around $40 that use a small magnet in the bottom of the cup to drive tiny magnetic rods that then heat up as they go faster and stir the contents. Yes, a self-stirring mug. There are other types of self-stirring mugs that just use tiny propellers with no magnets, and these are about half the price of the magnetic ones. Why would you want a self-stirring mug, magnets or not, anyway? As the company IAMPDD puts it in the copy for their self-stirring mug, quote, A coffee mug stirs itself. This is not only a lifesaver to lazy people, but also a creative present to family or friends. No more stir the beverage by spoon. All you need to do is simply press the yellow button and make it stir. Wait and drink in a minute. It also makes a great gift. Quote, Novel, funny, but also practical. What an ideal present. 1999 on Amazon. Hypnotic, Hypnotic Tango. Tango. A 1983 song by Italian disco group My Mine, which reached number five on the West German charts. Long time ago, magnets seemed almost magical. After all, they made metal things move without touching them. Some scientists at the time speculated that maybe magnetism moved through what they called the ether, a theoretical fluid or gas or maybe a plasma that filled and permeated the universe. Other people thought that there was some similar kind of a fluid in our bodies. 
German doctor Franz Mesmer developed the theory of animal magnetism in the mid-1770s. While practicing medicine in Vienna, one of his patients, a woman named Franziska Oesterlin, was suffering from what at the time was called hysteria. She vomited frequently, had inflamed bowels, had stoppage of urine, toothache, earache, melancholy, depression, hallucinations, frenzy fits, fainting fits, catalepsy, lameness, breathlessness, and occasional blindness. In short, she was a mess. Mesmer had her swallow a tincture that had tiny bits of iron in it, and then he moved magnets all over her body. She said that her symptoms were relieved after this treatment and remained that way for several hours, and then the treatment had to be repeated. However, Mesmer didn't think it was the interaction of the iron and the fluid that he gave her and the magnets that was the cause of her medical progress. He instead came up with the idea that all things, both living creatures and inanimate objects, engage in a natural transference of energy that he called animal magnetism. He started thinking that he could maybe achieve similar or better results than he had with Frau Ustelin by simply willing this energy transference between himself and his patients with his mind. He would stare into a patient's eyes, rub that person's body, and wave a wand over them. Sometimes he would also put their feet in what he called magnetic water. This would all sort of cause a natural magnetic fluid that he thought already existed in the body to flow more freely, causing health. The patient would be treated in this way until they had a crisis, which was some kind of a, a fit, basically, and then voila, after that, they were cured. Needless to say, this is a load of nonsense, and the Viennese authorities drove him out of town as a quack and a fraud. He moved to Paris and started again, and also started giving public demonstrations. Medical professionals thought he was full of crap, but the public loved it. In 1784, the French king ordered a commission to investigate Mesmer's claims. This group was led by Benjamin Franklin, who was in Paris as ambassador for the new country of the United States. They concluded that Mesmer was a fake, and that any progress his subjects seemed to make was the result of suggestion, a sort of performative placebo. France kicked him out and Mesmer wandered Europe for a few years, finally dying as a pauper in Baden, Germany in 1815. But as Mesmer was being driven from France, Armand-Marie-Jacques Castanet, the Marquis of Puisseguer, built on Mesmer's methods to create, quote, artificial somnambulism or, quote, magnetic sleep. This would render people susceptible to suggestion and sometimes even give them clairvoyant visions of the future. He called this method mesmerism, after Dr. Mesmer, who he quite admired. Later, we would know it by the term hypnosis. Early practitioners of this new pseudoscience were often called mesmerizers and also sometimes magnetizers. And just like with water and automobile fuel lines, some scammers started making all sorts of claims about the healthful effects of magnetism on the body. Arthritis is the swelling or oversensitivity of joints caused by, well, using them a lot while at the bottom of a gravity well. There's no cure for this, but there are treatments like physical therapy, certain medications, and in extreme cases, surgery. There are a few experimental treatments out there using like low-level lasers or electrical nerve stimulation or even pulsed electromagnetic fields, but so far these have all had inconclusive effects. Oh, but no, say the woo peddlers. You see, if you just wear magnets on your wrists and in your shoes, then your circulation improves and the swelling goes down. 
You see, your blood has magnetic properties. And the magnets do cool magnet stuff to the blood, and then things improve. Now, while hemoglobin is weakly diamagnetic when oxygenated and paramagnetic when deoxygenated, it would take super powerful magnets to have any effect on the blood, like more powerful than those used in an MRI scanner. So walking around with a couple of small, not powerful magnets on your person is going to do exactly zilch. Or not. Some people claim they feel better with the magnets. Medical science can find no effect worth measuring or writing a paper about, so it's almost certainly down to the placebo effect, which is a very real psychological thing. Many studies show that people will report feeling better from whatever's ailing them after being given some sort of placebo, and in fact, they can often be told the placebo is a placebo before they take it, and they still report an improvement. We humans really are greatly affected by the stories that we tell ourselves. But these quote-unquote improvements are A, only self-reported, and B, have no physical corollary. No changes measured, but the person says they feel better anyway. And yet it sure sounds good, right? Plus, it allows makers of bracelets and shoes to charge a lot more for their special magnet wares. Even the venerable company Florsheim came out with their Magnaforce line, which had magnetic insoles. And these had some pretty amazing properties, according to their marketing department. You see, the brain generates an electromagnetic current which controls every response in the body and all of our cells are electrically charged and therefore are all affected by external magnetic fields. Except that external magnetic fields have such a small effect on the body that we might as well say they have none at all. The only thing in the body that these fields affect are ions in motion. Ions not moving aren't affected even a little bit. Even an MRI scanner, which as we mentioned uses very powerful magnets, has only the slightest effect, and that wears off quickly and has no known health benefits. If it did, then rich people would be signing up for MRI spa days all the time. Florsheim continued, Magnetic fields penetrate the skin and bones, increasing blood flow and amping up the body's healing responses. It also helps your body oxygenate and take in nutrition more efficiently. <laughs> Except that, as we said, magnets don't affect blood flow. Again, if they did, when people used an MRI, then their blood would pool close to the magnets, and it doesn't. And there's stuff in there about pH levels, and we've already dealt with that, so moving on. Florsheim then went a little weirder, saying, You know, physicists think that over the last 4,000 years, the Earth has lost some of its electromagnetic field, and so some of us may be walking around today with electromagnetic deficiency. <laughs> it's amazing that this wild claim ever made it into their marketing materials. Human bodies are not magnetic, so how would you even measure an electromagnetic deficiency in non-magnetic bodies? Certainly not with a magnet. Florsheim even made the claim that, though the FDA has found no evidence at all to support magnetic therapy solutions, quote, however, magnets can, in some cases, be helpful in reducing pain. Well, there you go. There's no evidence that hitting yourself in the head with a hammer reduces back pain, but, you know, you might want to try it anyway. They should have changed their company name to Florsheim. Plenty of other companies with names like Bioflex Medical Magnetics in Florida and the Wasoda Trader of Minnesota, both sounding disreputable but for different reasons, have also come out with shoes that have basically refrigerator magnets in their soles, and they make even wilder claims. 
Bioflex's president, a doctor, quote-unquote, Zablotsky, has supposedly, quote, spent over 13 years becoming an internationally known expert on magnetic field therapy. Well, he certainly has written a lot on the topic, but only for the company's website. He has yet to publish in a journal. Bioflex Medical Magnetics still says that their shoes attract and repel charged blood particles, which creates movement, which creates heat, which makes blood vessels dilate, which increases circulation. They also say the shoes themselves actually generate a slight electrical current, which then stimulates the nervous system, and that triggers natural pain blockers. According to that logic, the next time you have a migraine, just stick a fork in the toaster instead of gulping down a handful of ibuprofen. With Soda Trader goes one better, saying that their shoes are, quote, designed with their own energy. <laughs> you see, they use special circular magnets, circular magnets manufactured by Bioflex, no less. And as we all know, circles are magical. But Floorshame wasn't the only reputable company to jump on the magnet woo shoe wagon. Sharper Image and Dr. Scholes also got into the action to some extent. There's actually a great page all about magnetic shoes on the Quack Watch website. Link in the episode notes. Terrible, Terrible lie. lie! The second song on 1989's Pretty Hate Machine, the first album by industrial alt-rock metal group, nine-inch nails. Back in 1909, famous San Franciscan quack Albert Abrams started saying he'd found energy fields around people's bodies and reading these fields gave him insight into their health. Furthermore, if he could balance these energies, why a sick person would become well. Apparently, illness is just an imbalance in your energy field. So, he built a bunch of machines to do all this, and at least one of them was so sensitive, he said, that it could detect a person's religion from a single drop of their blood. Their religion from a drop of blood. Abrams hated all other doctors, usually referring to them by nicknames like Dr. Inferior or Dr. Hades. The AMA investigated him, and they gave him his own appellation, the quote, Dean of Gadget Quacks. His dynamizer device gave all sorts of weird diagnoses, like that a person had diabetes, malaria, syphilis, and cancer all at the same time. It could also detect something Abrams called bovine syphilis, which doesn't exist and is a disease he just made up. Another of his devices, the osciloclast, could cure most of these ailments most of the time. And yet, when these devices were opened by investigators, they were found to just contain a few wires some resistors, and a small motor that hummed. And that was all. Another device was opened up, and inside was what basically amounted to an electric doorbell. Scientific American also investigated and debunked all his claims, and it was even revealed that he had been misusing the word frequency. He thought that meant types of energy, when it actually means the number of occurrences of a repeating event in a unit of time. When we talk about energy frequencies, we're talking about how long or short the waves are or how many times they might repeat in, say, a one-second window. Within just 12 years, Abrams had bamboozled around 3,500 people into buying and using his equipment to diagnose and treat diseases. Others thought he was onto something, people like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who also believed in fairies, and also, weirdly, Upton Sinclair. Both of these people were supporters. He wouldn't stop. 
the authorities started moving the wheels of justice to charge him with various crimes, and then he died of pneumonia in 1924. Apparently, his devices could detect a bunch of things, including his imaginary bovine syphilis, but they couldn't detect pneumonia. And some folks went further, managing to get whole careers out of electroquack nonsense. Take Ruth Bamer Drown, originally of Colorado, who used to work on an electrical assembly line for the Edison Company in Southern California, and then got into the chiropractic arts in the 1920s. By the 40s, she had invented radio devices that she said could cure any disease simply by taking a sample of blood. Her homovibra-ray devices could tune to a body's frequencies and diagnose any ailment. They could also measure blood pressure, analyze urine, and take a person's temperature. Her practice thrived in the 40s and early 50s. You see, a patient would go into one of the clinics and sit on a table, feet on silver pads. She then put an electrode on them, usually on their stomach, and then start turning many of the dials on her super complicated looking device. When the dials started to stick, she knew then that the frequencies were being attuned. She would then take out a glass vial filled with various chemicals, put it in a slot in the machine, and turn more dials. Eventually, this charade would stop and she would read out a sequence of numbers which an assistant would write down. These numbers, you see, represented the person's normal vibration rate. So then all she had to do was tune her machine to that rate and cures would be forthcoming. Another device she created was called by the police the Tunnel of Love. Patients would lie down on a metal slab, which would be put inside a large, hollowed-out metal coil. She said this machine would, quote, straighten up people who walked lopsided, which uh, was maybe a big problem back then. People could buy her machines or come into the clinics to have blood samples taken and analyzed for a subscription price of $35 a month, about four or $500 today. That subscription fee also paid for tuning the machines to that person's normal frequencies, and then after that had been done, no matter where in the world that person was, the machine's magical rays would find that person's blood and tune it. She also believed jazz music, with its non-4-4 rhythms, caused cancer. She would combat this with calming music. Also, people should not shower standing over a drain because their magnetic field would get washed off and disappear into the sewers, leaving the person depleted of their natural magnetism. Drown became quite well known and even tried to cure actor Tyrone Power and his wife of injuries they'd sustained in a car crash they'd suffered in the early 1950s in Europe. She used her special Model 300 device, which sent out shortwave signals that attuned to a sample of blood that she'd already drawn from them and kept. They, of course, did not know that she had done this, and they did not get necessarily better, but when they returned to the U.S., she sent them a bill for services rendered. By 1963, prices had gone up when blood samples were $50 each, about 480 bucks today. Two undercover agents gave her some blood that they said were from their three children and paid the fees, getting back a diagnosis of chickenpox for all three kids and mumps for one of them. But the blood had actually come from a turkey, a sheep, and a pig. One of the agents then said that she had stomach problems, which she didn't, and Drown said that she had aluminum poisoning of the stomach and gallbladder, and she needed to throw away all aluminum utensils in her home and then come back for more treatment. And also, she should buy a machine to take home to treat her family. That cost $588, or 
$5,700 in today's money. While arrests were made and charges were leveled, Drown was no stranger to such proceedings, having been tried on federal fraud charges back in 1951, which resulted in a $100 fine and a prohibition to ship devices out of California. This time round, she tried a number of stalling tactics, but finally a trial was set for March 23, 1964. But Drown beat the charges completely by dying 10 days before the trial. However, several of her employees got in serious trouble and the devices were thoroughly examined by experts. They found that some of these machines with these magical properties were literally no more than a piece of wire attached to two metal plates like what you might find in a flashlight. The judge said, quote, the theory of the treatment is no more valid than voodoo or witchcraft. Russian-French engineer Georges Lahovsky built what he called a multiple-wave oscillator, a circuit made of concentric rings that was then powered by a Tesla coil. He claimed it was a cure for cancer. Though he would naturally get discredited, there were lots of companies today who sell a version of the multiple-wave oscillator, or MWO, including a company called Bionu, to use in Centennial, Colorado. They actually claim this was invented by Nikola Tesla. There's also the Metayantra Consciousness Store, which sells a number of new AG quack items, including, yes, orgone devices. These were talked about in an earlier episode about the Vril that includes a bit about Wilhelm Reich and orgone. Mediantra Consciousness Store sells a small MWO for $65, though they claim it channels, quote, spiritual energy not magnetic energy. Clinica Omega Zeta in the tiny country of Andorra offers a number of quack treatments, including some using a modded version of this MWO. A Czech company called Polaris DD in Prague's Kataline neighborhood also sells these coils, which they also hint Tesla invented, to be used for a number of human problems, yes, but also to relieve soreness in your cat or dog's paws, to make plants grow better, purify food and water, and more. You see, it works by aligning natural frequencies of your chakras with each layer of the circular labyrinth resembling device corresponding to a different chakra. How this helps your dog's feet or plants, I don't know. You can put one of these on your knee, you can put one on your pillow while you sleep, while you can even attach them to your genitals. These amazing things can cure pretty much anything from spasms, obesity, eye and ear trouble, headaches, thyroid disorders, asthma and coughing, restlessness, depression, gastrointestinal problems like increased flatulence, vaginal issues, and even anal infections. And for only 990 Czech crowns each, which is about 44 US dollars, that's a real bargain. Cost-conscious folks can even see how to build one themselves on the Autodesk Indestructibles website on a webpage called DIY Lahovsky MWO Multi-Wave Oscillator Device. We assume they meant multi-wave oscillator. This is posted by someone using the screen name Mirsemk, who has also put up on the page how to build your own matrix clock, an LED tester, a colloidal silver generator, what is it with these people in colloidal silver anyway, and a plasma rifle. 
And yes, there are plenty more things that proliferated throughout the 20th century. There's the Hieronymus machine created by Thomas Galen Hieronymus that focused, quote, eloptic emanations, which is a word he made up by combining electrical with optical to describe a non-electromagnetic radiation that he thought all living things gave off. His machines were touted by none other than science fiction pioneer John W. Campbell, the editor of Astounding Science Fiction, who also pushed the Darrow stories of Richard Shaver, talked about in a previous episode about the hollow earth. Campbell thought they worked, but not because of this eloptic emanations, but because of latent psychic abilities all humans have. In fact, he thought you could make one of these machines by just using cardboard and prisms and then focusing your mind on it, and it would work just as effectively. Which, when you think about it, is absolutely true, since none of these things ever produced any kind of measurable effect at all. British civil engineer George Delawarre quit his job to pioneer radionics, also called electromagnetic therapy, or EMT, which many claim today is still legitimate. He was very much inspired by Abrams and Drown. He said he invented a camera that could cure diseases by remote control. After settling a lawsuit for fraudulent claims in 1960, he founded Delaware Laboratories in Oxford, where he built many, many, many quack electromagnetic and radio wave medical devices. After this company closed in 1987, most of these machines disappeared. Nobody knows where. But shortly afterwards, a whole bunch of similar electro-quack stuff started showing up on the market. So it seems to me that someone had gotten their hands on them and started selling them to different parties. American inventor Royal Rife, yes, that was his name, was an early adopter of time-lapse cinemicography or time-lapse movies using a microscope. He made several wild claims about microbes, which he thought he could, quote, devitalize using radio waves. He made several silly machines for which he made outlandish claims, but no one really took him that seriously. In 1987, he died a disappointed man. But then a guy named Barry Lines wrote a book titled The Cancer Cure That Worked, 50 Years of Suppression, which said that Rife had actually created machines and techniques that absolutely 100% cured cancer, but he had been suppressed by the AMA who wove a complex web of conspiracy to keep his discovery secret. Later books by Lines, who decidedly hitched his wagon to Rife's star, claimed also that Rife had cured AIDS. The American Cancer Society, among others, said all of this was nonsense, and yet plenty of people in the public took it to heart, kicking off a kind of a renaissance in distrust of the medical establishment that would include claims of many kinds of cures being suppressed, the introduction of vaccines to purposely cause autism, and worse. There are still folks out there today selling Rife devices to the gullible. And if you know a medical truther, you can put at least a little bit of the blame on Barry Lines. Canadian Holder Rager Clark built a series of electrical zappers that she said cured AIDS, cancer, and, well, pretty much anything. She moved to California and started a thinking. She decided that cancers are actually caused by a type of a flatworm. Diabetes, Alzheimer's, HIV, AIDS, Hodgkin's disease, lupus, MS, and most allergies are also caused by some kind of worm. Hookworms are the cause of depression. Hmm. So, her little machine she whipped up could zap these worms, killing them, thus stopping the malady. 
She is credited with being the first person to come up with a quack AIDS cure. She got into some serious trouble with both the FTC and the FDA, so she fled to Tijuana, Mexico, where she started up the Century Nutrition Clinic. The Mexican authorities inspected it and shut it down, but then allowed it to be reopened, provided it stopped with these, quote, alternative treatments. She was fined 160,000 pesos, about $18,000, and forbidden from working in any capacity in the country of Mexico. However, the authorities then apparently went off to do other things because she stayed in Tijuana and continued working anyway. Clearly inspired by Holder Rager Clark, Ohio man James R. Overman started up Precision Herbs. At first, he just sold various herbal products, but soon he got the idea that, yes, all diseases are caused by parasites. So he built little devices called zappers that shot out little pulses of electromagnetic energy. In May 2008, the FDA issued him a warning about selling his spurious herbal remedies, some of which he claimed shrank cancer tumors. In 2009, an investigation was opened into him, and he got another warning in 2011 about selling and marketing certain so-called medical devices like his zappers and also his electrolysis foot tub, his heart-shaped pocket diode, a milk zapping attachment, and reflective blankets for people who think they have electromagnetic hypersensitivity. You may have seen this in the TV series Better Call Saul, where the main character's brother Chuck thinks he's allergic to electricity. This was actually talked about in much more depth in a previous episode about gang stalking. And yet, Overman continued playing some fancy legal football and expanding his claims to include what he called, quote, nanobacterias and even dipping into Morgellons disease, an illness that isn't real and you can only get by reading about it and was also talked about in a previous episode. It now seems that maybe Precision Herbs has gone away for good, but the poppycock they spouted is still very much alive and thriving in the conspiracy. You'll be, You'll my, be toy. my toy, I'll be I'll your be electricity. electricity. A line from the song Electricity, first on the 1983 album No Parking on the Dance Floor by Midnight Star. This sort of quackery has only increased over the decades. Modern scammers sometimes take a page out of Abrams, adding in things like that they are naturally gifted with, quote, dowsing abilities, and that's why the machines work for them, but not other people. Phrases like, quote, putative energy fields have been coined, and while well, that sounds pretty sciencey to me, though the word putative simply means generally considered to be, or a fancy way of saying so-called. It's actually pretty smart since they might get off the hook legally by using that word. Many devices currently on the market don't even complete an electrical circuit when they're opened up. Instead, their sellers say they create a mystical circuit, whatever the hell that is. And the list is long of various quack boxes available, including the Vibrational Integrated Biophotonic Energized Machine, or Vibe Machine, by Vibe Technologies of Greeley, Colorado, recalled by the FDA in 2008. Bioresonance Tumor Therapy, which supposedly stimulated a protein gene that then cured cancer. This was marketed by German Martin Kamer of the Quack Factory Therapeutischen Haus in Bad Heide, Germany. The Danish Hugo Nielsen Institute's ridiculous cellcom system that uses electricity and magnets on the hands and feet to increase communication between cells in the body, which leads to cancer cures. 
the EMP pad, promoted by English TV and radio personality Noel Ernest Edmonds, who was host of Top of the Pops in the 70s and once claimed he was going to buy the BBC. The EMP pad uses a pulse electromagnetic field that claims to speed injury recovery, reduce stress, eliminate headaches, increase blood circulation, slow down aging, stop depression, and cures cancer. They retail for about $2,900 each. There's the Rebuilder, which says it can, quote, wake up nerves by sending teeny-weeny electrical signals that release endorphins through the special patented Rebuilder signal, a device they claimed was FDA-approved, which it was for pain relief, but not for relieving nerve pain. The FDA also mentioned that the device sometimes got very hot and could burn a user. Their applications range from conductive socks and gloves for $175 a pair, foot pads that run $325, and knee and ankle straps for $370 each, and all of these also require the special rebuilder device, which costs another $1,000 to $2,000, but hey, it does come with free shipping. There's a UVLRX Uvalux therapeutics device that emits red, green, and ultraviolet light that the manufacturer claims goes right into the bloodstream and then gives the now predictable benefits of improved circulation, pain reduction, increased immune responses, and can be used to treat Lyme disease, hepatitis C, HIV, and AIDS, and more. Treatments could run as much as $29,000 a year. This is what Karen Harris, a Florida mother, had to pay for treating her 15-year-old daughter, Anna Marie, using this technology. She claimed the girl had a number of unspecified viruses, bacteria and parasites, as well as fungemia, which is yeast or fungi in the lungs, chronic Lyme disease, and MTHFR gene mutations. The mother set up a GoFundMe page to pay for the treatments, getting $11,570 of the fifty grand that she had asked for. Frankly, this sounds like a case of Munchausen by proxy to me. And finally, there's the EPFX, which stands for Electrophysiological Feedback Xroid, which is sometimes called a Quantum Xroid Consciousness Interface, or acronymed to QXCI. Very complicated. This thing monitors the body for frequencies and then sends other frequencies back to the body to realign them. This is basically just a brand new version of the stuff that Abrams made. These are created by a, quote, Professor Bill Nelson, which is a cover name for quack queen Desiree Dubonnet, a scammer from Warren, Ohio, who claimed to have spoken directly to God, who then told her to rewrite molecular biology. She also claims to have been nominated for the Nobel Prize in Medicine every year since 1982, and also several times for the Nobel for Economics. Her amazing devices did all kinds of things, including curing cancer, and they sold for around $20,000 each. In 1992, the FDA told her to stop making these claims, but she kept on just the same. So, she was indicted on felony charges in 1996. So, she fled the U.S. and settled in Budapest, Hungary, where she started making movies about Dracula, Harry Truman, the Illuminati, including the 2013 work Illuminati Battle in Space, How Evil Rich People Are, and several about herself. You see, she really is Bill Nelson, or was born William Nelson. But then, after she moved to Budapest, started wearing women's clothing and makeup, and then changed her gender and all her identification, although apparently American embassies don't recognize the change. So she says there is a conspiracy against her to prevent this, quote, accomplished medical doctor 
quantum physicist, mathematician, computer expert, naturopath, acupuncturist, and homeopath. This is all from her IMDb listing. From unifying the disciplines to treat, quote, all the ailments of mankind. She also sometimes performs with a Hungarian rock band in different clubs around Budapest. Baby, Baby stick, stick around. around. Song of the 1979 album Look Sharp by British New Wave pub pop rocker Joe Jackson. Now, perhaps you think you've heard it all by this point in the episode, but let us conclude with a quick look at so-called human magnets. Leonid Tenkaev says that he and his wife were in the Ukrainian village of Pripyat when the nearby Chernobyl nuclear power plant had that oopsie. They were evacuated, but not before something strange had started happening. They both now found that metal objects like keys, kitchen utensils, and an iron would stick to their bodies. They had become... Magnetic, Magnetic. like superheroes. Not like Magneto of the X-Men, you see. He was born that way. He's a mutant. The Ten Chaos have a more traditional superhero origin story closer to the Fantastic Four, Peter Parker. They'd just been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Shortly after they first started making claims, they made videos showing different things stuck to their body, obviously taped or glued on there. But then lots of videos started showing up made by other people who claimed that they too had become walking, talking, videoing, and hopefully monetizing magnets. And sometimes they found they even attracted plastic, even though magnetic forces have no effect on plastic. I mean, weird, right? This all harkens back to Hungarian Miroslav Magola, who called himself the superhuman, the superbrain, and magnetic man. Simply by thinking about it, he can attract metal objects, but also plastic, ceramic, and wood. But he prefers to work with metal, especially very smooth metal bowls. Of course, he had to shave all his hair off so things stick easier to his head, and things won't stick to him through fabric, so he always has to show stuff off on his bald head or with his shirt off. This is, of course, an old stage magician spiel. In the olden days, performers would use a thin layer of grease or butter to, quote, stick things to themselves. And Magola, Tenkaev, and all the rest of these cats seem to be doing pretty much the same thing. Magola even gets to perform on stage sometimes, and the show is, well, pretty darned dull. And yes, he has a YouTube channel with 130-plus videos, many of which he has opportunistically renamed like Avengers Endgame Marvel Studios, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Superhero Magnetic Man film in a cynical effort to get clicks. Link to that in the episode notes. So there you have it. A whole bunch of magnet woo just for you on this Valentine's Day 2024. The next time somebody asks you, hey, what do you think about magnets being used for health problems? You can now shoot them down with ease and start mocking them. All these products, pseudoscientific theories, and scam artists would be funny if it weren't for the fact that, despite the obvious absurdity of their claims, they do sometimes manage to trick people. People who are most likely suffering from very real ailments and are willing to try anything. I personally know at least two people suffering from pretty nasty long COVID, and I always worry that they will fall for something like this, shelling out money they can ill afford in the hopes of alleviating their symptoms. They are the perfect target for pseudo-medical quacks who perform these shameful and frankly criminal activities. 
Now, keep in mind, we didn't even get into the whole conspiracy theory that the Earth's magnetic field is going to reverse someday soon and kill us all, but the evil elite is keeping that from the public because they want us all to die while they escape in spaceships. That's one of the many supposed impending doomsday scenarios currently in the works in the conspiracy and a fit subject for a future episode of Conspiracy Clearinghouse. Thank you for visiting The Conspiracy Clearinghouse. We're closing now, but we'll open another crate in the next episode. Until then, thank you for listening.